are feeling like you are constantly behind trying to do everything yourself, struggling to let go of control and not feeling like a true business owner, then private practice coaching is for you. I've got a couple of slots open to accept new clients. And if you're interested, if you think you benefit from coaching, then I would love to hear from you. Head to privatepracticeworkshop.com forward slash coaching to apply. All right, so today is part three of our five-part series where I'm talking about five lessons learned in building five businesses. Today, we're talking about the lessons I learned building my group practice, Charlotte Counseling and Wellness. All right, let's dive in. All right, five lessons learned in building my first group practice. Um, let's just get right into it this time. So number one, <laughs> take your time setting up the um, the legal entity parts of a new business. This is something that um, I wish I had done right off the bat. So I operated for a short time under a DBA or a doing business as, and I can just tell you I don't recommend doing that. Even if you are a solo practitioner or you feel like your risk is pretty low, um, it's good to go ahead and get that protection, go ahead and file for that LLC or in my case, PLLC uh, based on the state that I'm in. Um, but do do your homework first. Get all these pieces um, out of the way at first because um, you're just going to feel that much better when you move forward um, in building this business. So um, that is my first step uh, or my first lesson learned in building that business. I would have done that right off the bat. Um, there's a couple ways to go about it, right? You can do it yourself, which is what I did. It wasn't that hard to do. Um, you can file it um, through one of these companies that like one of these online companies that will kind of do it for you for a fee, or you could even work with um, an attorney. So um, this show is obviously not legal advice and I'm not a lawyer, um, but um, my advice is to do your homework, do it in the beginning, um, and then just move on with your life and know that you've got the protection that you that you need. Number two, um, so I, I named this business Charlotte Counseling and Wellness, um, largely in part because at the time it was believed that 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 using words like Charlotte and counseling, uh, using having a keyword rich uh, business name was really important for SEO. Now, the current belief is that it's not quite as important or it's not so important, right? So I think, um, did it help me? Yes. Did it pigeonhole me into um, a select number of names that were available? Yes, I think so. So I think um, all things considered, if I were to do it all over again completely, would I still name the business with these regional keywords? Uh, no, I don't think I would. I think I would actually name it something more um, more generic or even something that I could, um, let's say, scale to neighboring areas or um, grow out from there, grow beyond um, just the keyword term Charlotte. So number two is that you don't have to name your business based on SEO anymore. Now you know. Um, number three, um, when you're building a group practice, firm up your onboarding process for new clinicians. This is something that I'm still working on, I'm still trying to automate as much of this as I can. But you want to think about what is the experience going to be like for a brand new clinician. Once you've done it the first time, you should really make a nice comprehensive list of everything you need to go through with that new person. Um, there someone's experience in a, a new job is so important and their their onboarding experience is extremely important. It sets the stage for everything that is going to come 
after. So um, get really clear on the mission and values of your practice, how you're going to convey that in the onboarding process, making sure that your clinician is set up with all the tools they need, that they feel supported, they feel integrated into the culture of your practice, um, et cetera. So that's number three. Number four, um, and this has this is going back to culture, but make a plan for creating um, and cultivating company culture. Now, there's some there's some uh, clinicians clinicians and practice coaches that are a lot better at this than I am. Uh, Maureen Werbach from the Group Practice Exchange she uh, focuses quite a bit on this, but I think it's important to at least give some thought into. Um, what is the company culture? How do you want people to feel when they're working at your group practice? What's the vibe? Um, what is the office like? Um, what kind of team meetings or team outings do you have, etc.? There's a lot of different ways to do it. I'm not perfect at doing it by any means, but it's something that I think everyone should think about in the building um, and scaling stages of a group practice. Number five, automate your systems. You will get sick of me hearing uh, sick of me saying this if you listen to the show enough, but I can't say enough about it how important it is as you scale to automate as much as possible. The idea is that when you have a small you have a small pain point early on as a solo practitioner, as you multiply those pain points and those problems multiply with you. So get rid of those in the very beginning, whether it's automating payroll, automating your marketing, automating your onboarding, um, et cetera. Using a great EHR is a perfect example of that, how to automate a lot of that, um, a lot of that work that needs to happen to keep the infrastructure of your group practice going. Yeah. Lessons learned always lessons learned. I think if you're not learning, then you're not growing. Right. Um, so I'm in, in, in this kind of season in my life, I'm trying to be, um, a bit more forthright about the lessons that I've learned or I'm currently learning. Cause I think there's a lot of, um, misconception that we have that, um, practice coaches, consultants, uh, have, have it all figured out. Um, and I just don't, I don't think that's true. I think I've figured a lot of things out and I, and I feel like I can talk about the things I've figured out. Um, and I might've just figured them out yesterday. So if I did, then it means I can share them with you today so that hopefully you can do better than I did. Um, so just want to put that part in there. All right, real quick, run through the five lessons again. So one, take your time setting up the legal entity of your business. Number two, you don't have to name a business based on SEO anymore. Number three, firm up your onboarding process. Number four, Create, make a plan for creating and cultivating company culture. Number five, automate the heck out of your systems. All right, we did it. That was a fast one. I'm feeling fast today, apparently. Um, what else? Remember to submit your questions um, for the show on Instagram at the John Clark. That's our new handle at the John Clark. Submit your questions to be answered. Uh, on an upcoming episode. Um, looking at some of the numbers from our series last week, the five-part series where I did, um, where I fielded questions from you all, um, that went really well. The numbers are looking really good. So um, I think that five-part series was a hit and I think this one will be a hit as well. Um, if you haven't already, a great way to give back to this show is just rate, review, and subscribe to this show on iTunes. Do me a big favor and tackle that right after you listen to this episode. Um, and that's it. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking about five lessons learned in building a virtual assistant company that I worked on that you probably don't know about. So um, stay tuned for that. Hope you have a great day and I'll see you tomorrow. Cheers. Cheers.